0: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Wise, the app that makes managing your money in different currencies easy. With Wise, you can send and spend money internationally at the mid market exchange rate. No guesswork and no hidden fees. Learn more about how Wise could work for you at Wise.com. Today on State of the World, China increases pressure on Taiwan subtly. Thanks for listening to State of the World from NPR. We bring you the day's most vital international stories, up close where they're happening. It's Thursday, October 26th. I'm Greg Dixon. While much of the world's attention has been focused on the unfolding war between Israel and Hamas, geopolitics continue elsewhere. Today, we're going to hear about China's increasing military pressure campaign against Taiwan, a self-ruled island that China considers part of its territory. And China's been steadily ramping up pressure on Taiwan in a variety of ways since last year. And NPR's Emily Fang lives in Taiwan, and she joins me now. So, Emily, I just said that China is pressuring Taiwan, but what does that pressure actually look like?
1: So here's the funny thing about living in Taiwan. If you're an ordinary person, you don't really see that pressure, but that pressure is there. It's mostly in the airs and the waters around Taiwan. China has been increasing military pressure without declaring an outright invasion. It's been hosting more and bigger military exercises that can encircle Taiwan. And it's sending more and more ships and fighter planes that circle Taiwan each day. And so even just today, you know, I I, I turn on my phone, I look at my notifications, and the first thing I usually get is an update from the Taiwanese Ministry of Defense about how many Chinese uh, planes and ships were around Taiwan that morning. And there are lots of people in Taiwan who track this, including this guy who we're about to listen to. Great. Robin Shu is among a group of Taiwanese military enthusiasts who obsessively track this signal communication. Chinese pilots leave as their fighter planes harass Taiwan each day.
0: I intercepted Chinese pilot chatter at 1204 a.m. 404 4 a.m. 707 7 a.m. Taiwan's Air Force has issued six warnings already.
1: I met with Shu outside a Taiwanese airbase earlier this summer. Shu worries there will be a miscommunication, a misfire even, between militaries that could spiral into conflict. His worries are fueled by the daily Chinese military chatter he picks up around Taiwan this year. Chatter like this. In which a Chinese pilot warns the U.S. to stay far away. This kind of military harassment has been happening ever since last summer, when former House Speaker Nancy Pelosi visited Taiwan. It was a trip that infuriated Beijing, and it started looking for ways to up the ante on Taiwan. Means other than war are preferable. That's Alessio Patelano, a professor of war and strategy at King's College London. He says those means are grey zone tactics, meaning using military and economic coercion to intimidate Taiwan, like sending planes or banning Taiwanese goods to punish its farmers. The PSC has been committed to push the envelope in terms of what is acceptable level of the use of force
0: underneath open war.
1: In other words, no hot war, no invasion, but a constant reminder that China has its sights on Taiwan. Li Ximing is a retired Taiwanese admiral and a former defense chief. He says this strategy is a new normal and fears that China is using it to practice for the real thing.
0: They can practice their military requirement as they need, and even they can test the response capability from the uh, Taiwanese military.
1: But Taiwan is limited in how it can respond to Chinese coercion. For example, Li says every time a Chinese military plane or ship gets too close, Taiwan has to scramble and send its own pilots or ships. And China just has way more of everything. Plus, Li says, Taiwan doesn't want to make things worse
0: because we don't want to escalate the uh, tension and in order to maintain our morale then we have to pacify uh, the response for this kind of a gray zone aggression
1: all this is straining taiwanese pilots pilot hoshin jun is trained to fly the american made f16 fighter plane And he describes the regimen his fellow pilots are on to intercept Chinese planes.
0: You have only about six minutes to scramble. And there are staff on call awaiting orders at all times to make an emergency takeoff.
1: So these constant sorties are increasing Taiwan's defense costs and tiring out pilots. And analysts believe this will only continue, especially in the run-up to Taiwan's January presidential elections. Here's Cui Jingquing, a politics professor at Taiwan's National Zhongxin University. He explains through these daily maneuvers, China is trying to scare Taiwanese voters into being more pro-China.
0: Opinion or perspective from Taiwanese nationals might affect the government's policy, and government's
1: policy might also affect U.S.-Taiwan-China, the triangle relationship. So far, the gray zone tactics seem to be having the opposite effect in Taiwan. But China could escalate, experts say. And so, enormous responsibility now lies on the shoulders of pilots like 26-year-old Wendy Nguyen, who flies the Taiwan-designed fighter plane, the IDF. Of course it's a tiring job. We have sentries running 24-hour shifts keeping watch. She has a message for her fellow young Taiwanese citizens.
0: We hope more people join the Air Force in order to give our existing pilots more time to rest and recover. And we need to recover in order to fly longer and farther.
1: Longer, given the heightened tensions around Taiwan. Because the island is trying to figure out how to outlast a bigger opponent.
0: That was a report from Emily Feng, who joins me now. Emily, At the start of that piece, you had this guy who who stays up all night monitoring these Chinese incursions, listening to them over the radio from his car. I mean, maybe he's more tuned into this than most people. But do you think the threat from China is like on the minds of Taiwanese all the time?
1: It is. Obviously, it comes and it goes. People have to live with this. And they've been living with the threat of China for over 70 years. But people do feel more nervous than usual. And that's because there's Taiwanese presidential elections coming up this January. And China is taking the elections as an opportunity to really lay it on thick in terms of military harassment and also other forms of coercion. So we're seeing more targeting of Taiwanese politicians of Taiwanese businesses and agricultural products that get sold in China. And an effort to force voters to vote more pro-China. Now, this is kind of backfiring, as we hear in the piece, yeah. but that hasn't stopped China from trying.
0: Yeah, just expand on those those tactics a little bit. I mean, what is the thought that the more bellicose they are, the the more Taiwanese voters are going to just decide, forget this, let's be part of China?
1: Right. It's kind of counterintuitive, right? Why would you be really mean to the people that you're trying to bring into your political control. But I think China's logic is they're trying to show Taiwan how much worse it could get Mm. if they don't start voting more pro-China now. This month, we saw China open up an investigation into Foxconn. This is a big manufacturing company that we probably know for making our iPhones in China. But it's actually a Taiwanese company. It's started by a Taiwanese guy in Taiwan. And that man, his name is Terry Goh, he's also running for president in Taiwan. And so although he stepped back from this company, many people are reading this investigation in China of his business that he founded as just one way that China's trying to influence the Taiwanese
0: elections. NPR's Emily Feng monitoring tensions between China and Taiwan for us. Thank you, Emily. Thanks, Greg. That's the State of the World from NPR. Thanks for listening. We'll see you again soon. Drake and Kendrick Lamar have been lobbing some serious accusations at each other. You've probably heard the diss tracks and wondered,
1: what's just a low blow and what's actually criminal? I'm Brittany Luce, host of It's Been a Minute from NPR, and I'm getting into what's art and what's worthy of criminal investigation and who those accusations hurt the most on It's Been a Minute from NPR. It's Been a Minute is a culture show you don't want to miss. Every week, we help you see the culture angle behind the headlines, the forces behind the trends, and the thinkers behind the next big thing. Tune in for the sharp cultural analysis and captivating interviews. Listen now to the It's Been a Minute podcast from NPR. On the Code Switch podcast, conversations about race and identity don't begin or end with the news cycle. That's because we know race and identity impact every person and influence every story. We're getting into all of it with new voices each
0: week on the Code Switch podcast from NPR.